Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about the last week or two, and we have a few questions that were sent in. I went to a different area to get these questions, which is my blog, Niche Site Project. There were several comments that were not spam, that were actually good questions. So I'm going to go ahead and cover them. And Rory and I guess Nick and a couple other folks hopped in and it was a nice conversation, which is, I don't want to say surprising. There used to be a lot of great conversation in blog comments, especially in the SEO and affiliate marketing area. But over time, people haven't been leaving as many comments and I've seen a lot of my peers out there just remove comments on their blogs because there was very little discussion and it was a little bit more management, just a lot of spam out there. But we have some great questions, so I'm going to hit those as well. I have been spending a lot of today setting up my desk. I'm going to do like a proper office tour over on the YouTube side before too long and actually videoed just a little bit before I set up my desk area. I recently upgraded my monitor, which was just a cheap, like a hundred dollar monitor from like Walmart and, you know, no huge dimensions or anything, but I've had a couple friends recently tell me that they got the ultra wide monitors and their workflow improved. I thought, I want an ultra wide monitor too. So um, one day I was over at Sam's and picked one up. It was under under 200 bucks. It's sort of like a double wide. I don't know if it's double or like 30% more or 50%. It's wider. So you can sort of work side by side and it's been nice. However, I know that my, my Mac was, it can, it is, it has the capability to run my old monitor plus the new double wide monitor, like a trailer, I suppose, a double wide trailer. Um, and, and basically I just needed a way to mount it so that I didn't have like monitors all over the place and just hard to manage. So I got a pole that you mount on your desk with a clamp and you can mount the monitors with a, I guess it's like a visa mount. I think that's how you pronounce it. It works great. So I have like two monitors, one over the other. It's fantastic. I also ran across a YouTuber who does videos on creating YouTube videos. Very meta. You know, I watch a lot of that kind of stuff. He mounted his camera and his light on his desk the same way that I've mounted the monitor. So I thought, well, if I'm getting all this, all this new mounting equipment, I may as well knock it out and solve a few problems here. One of the problems was I have a normal tripod, I have a light kit, and it just takes up a lot of room on the floor of the office. It works great from a visual standpoint on camera. Audio is great. Everything's fine, except it's a little cluttered in here and the record's going everywhere. It doesn't really make me feel like good. I walk in, I see cords. I'm like, it's kind of messy. I try to clean it up a little bit and it's just kind of a, kind of a pain. I end up taking down the lights, which then it's kind of a pain to reset them up. So anyway, I've been working on this so that I can have everything set up, have a clean work environment. And and to be honest with you, I could work in a cluttered environment. There's just shit all over my desk. There's like a million rubber bands. There's a bungee cord. I'm not even sure why it's here. There's screws and like 
five black markers. I only need one. I mean, it's just kind of a mess to be honest with you. I work fine in that. I can deal with the clutter. I will focus when I need to, but I actually feel better if, if it's not cluttered around here. So anyway, I ordered, I ordered some more of these, um, mounting poles and it's awesome. I can't wait until I get all the cords sort of everything where they're going, all the things, all the objects mounted where they're going to be mounted. Then I can go and consolidate the cables and run the cables. So there's not just wires going everywhere and make sure that my standing desk can still go up and down while the wires are still hooked up and neat and tidy. So that's the goal. I don't want to have a totally messy environment here. So that's what I've been working on all morning. It feels good to, you know, do that sort of thing. I am also, like I said, I'm going to ramble. I'm going to tell you what I've been doing for the last week, which is not checking email. So I know people that are students in any of my courses or have some sort of deeper relationship with me, you knew that I was gone because I sent you an email and said, if you send me anything or if you try and communicate with me, I'm not going to get it for about a week. We went off the grid. We went up to a mountain town called Leadville, Leadville, Colorado. It is at 10,000. 200 feet, 10,100 feet, something like that. It's up pretty high. It was fantastic. My wife and I rented a little spot up there uh, right off the main street. It's a small town. There's only about 3,000 people right off the main strip. So we could walk maybe an eighth of a mile to get to the, the main strip there and hit restaurants, whatever you need to get to. We were maybe five to 10 minutes away from a nice lake called Turquoise Lake, which I actually got into. I went, uh, I went for a quick little dip. I only stayed in there for about a minute. I need to check what the water temperature is up there, but I have a feeling it's about 50 degrees. It's an alpine lake. It's very cold, but for some reason I got it into my head that I want to get in that lake. So I hopped in, I videoed it. So you, that will be on a vlog sometime in the future. And you can see me with my shirt off, if that's your thing. Um, a little bit out of shape, pretty clear that I'm out of shape once I saw the video. But you can't drink a couple beers every day and expect to have that six pack. It was cold and it was pretty fun. I was impressed with how I just got right in the water. I just walked right in and stayed in there for a minute or so. It was very cool. The big thing though, was we, we generally went sort of silent on social media. I literally didn't check my email for eh, three, four days. I checked it a little bit right before I left. And I checked it after we sort of got back in town, but it was great. It was great just realizing, again, I, I do this occasionally. I need to do it more often. Basically, things don't really go too far off the rails. You may feel a little nervous, like, oh my gosh, I really need to reply back to this or that. But most things are not that big of a deal. And, and email is a bit of a stressor for me because I do get quite a few emails and some of them are things that I need to reply back to quickly. Uh, most of the time it's not though. And I, it's just one of those things you have to get used to. It's a little bit stressful knowing that people could be waiting on things from you that you owe them. But you know, it's one of those deals where 
this point, I'm working on the things that I want to work on. If I have some sort of a commitment, it's one that I've created for myself. So if I'm realizing that I need just a little more time to reply back, that's okay. Most people are quite understanding and I usually don't set anything up where I have to reply back where it's just going to stress me out. So, so good to unplug and I, I don't really check the news too often myself. I encourage you to not do that either. I mean, I know it's good to stay current with certain things, but if something really important is happening, other people will talk to you in the real world and just let you know, like, hey, did you see so, so-and-so so was happening and you really need to take a look at that? If you just browse the headlines, it's kind of, man, it's really going to wreck you. <laughs> There's so much, so much uh, going on and so many agendas that don't really follow your own. So always got to look out for that. And if you find yourself like, scrolling through social media. I mean, I, I like Instagram to get distracted and literally just waste time. However, there's a lot of other noise on there that is making me not feel positive while I'm wasting time. So it's sort of a, a double, double issue there. Anyway, so I stayed away from a lot of that stuff and I feel like a better person for it. Right before we left, I also changed a couple settings on my phone. So I think it's it's part of the screen time setting. So basically, I I am shutting, I'm making my phone look very uninteresting by only giving myself something like six or eight hours of like screen time for ninety percent of the apps that are on there. So everything looks a little more boring. If you haven't messed with those screen time settings, whatever phone you have, then um, I encourage you to check it out if your phone is distracting you a little bit. So, and I tend to just waste time messing with my phone. Quick little update from the niche website builders, Shotgun Skyscraper. They will be sponsoring the upcoming Q&A session in this episode. A lot of people have been asking me about the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign that has been running. I can't remember when... Um, we started specifically, it must've been a month or six weeks ago, could be a little bit off, but roughly that time frame. it takes time to write the content. Then it takes time to reach out and do a lot of the other activities associated with this, the, uh, shotgun skyscraper technique. I can report to you now that we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine links and it's quite impressive in that we have a, this is a domain rating as reported from Hrefs. So one of them is a DR77, one's a 73, 72, we have a 58, another 73, we have a 69 and a 65. These are sort of exceptionally high. I wasn't expecting it. I've been chatting with Mark and um, and Adam. Sorry, Adam, I forgot your name for one second. I was about to say Andy, but it's it's Adam, Adam, not Andy, Adam. Now I'm just confusing myself. The point is, these are sort of like higher than we expected, and I actually expect many of the other links to be a little bit lower as far as the uh, overall domain rating. As far as the 
quality of the the links out there and the the content or guest posts, whatever the case may be, I haven't analyzed it too closely. When I look at some of the domains and have a quick look, they do sometimes look like more of a general kind of uh, domain out there where I don't want to say um, it, they're just sort of general content. A lot of times they're news related. They fit with my niche um, pretty well. So I'm very happy with that. And for the amount of time that they've been running, this is fantastic. It is also very high domain rating. As I mentioned, these are, I mean, I didn't do the average, but it looks like it's, you know, high 60s, something like that. I mean, it's in the high 60s for sure. And if you were to get these types of links at another service, you're probably looking at, you know, four to $500 for each one of those. And I can't remember the the price. It could change in the future, but I want to say something like 800 bucks a month or $1,000 a month, something like that. So these sort of results are pretty awesome. This is a brand new site, by the way. It's only two months old. So we will see how things progress. There's no... Um, you know, I don't see anything in terms of like rankings jumps or anything like that as an, a young site and with backlinks coming in this fashion. Um, I think it's more of a compound effect over time, showing up, publishing content every week, every month, getting links, slowly growing and promoting the site. I think it'll pay off over time, especially when we get out of the sandbox period. Speaking of which, right before I left to check out Leadville, we um, or we went to Leadville, my wife and I, and the dog went to Leadville. We had some cool video out there. So um, whenever I do that vlog, do check it out. But right before I left, I recorded a video on how long it takes to rank in Google and the Google Sandbox. I've been trying to up my YouTube game in general where I script it out, Maybe I have a couple of guests on for a short clip. I will edit a little tighter instead of doing long rambling videos, especially like a live stream. I mean, it's, it's kind of a mess in a lot of ways. It's hard to keep on topic, but when you script it out ahead of time and you think things through, you go through an, a couple iterations of editing, you end up with something a little bit tighter. And I'm hoping that because of my extra effort, some of those videos where I'm scripting it and really trying that I'll end up getting more views and just be more strategic about things that are happening on the YouTube channel, which brings me to a recent video that I published where you probably heard the interview it was uh, Charlie and he published 431 articles in 152 days pretty awesome title, pretty great headline. He's been getting awesome traction. He's obviously invested a lot of time and money, but honestly, not as much money as I would have expected for the amount of content that he's published. The reason why I'm bringing this up is that video is somehow going like mini viral. So for a video of that type of which I've published, you know, probably I don't know how many, 50 or 100 interview type success stories, that sort of thing. This one is performing really well. So I'm not sure like what the, the trigger is. I didn't do any major calls to action. Um, Charlie told a good story. He was a great interviewee. I think I'm getting better interviewing people in general. 
there were a decent number of comments, but a lot of times for these videos, you need to make a specific call to action. You need to say, um, like, comment, subscribe, all that sort of interaction. But I didn't do any of that. I just interviewed Charlie. I don't even think there were any edits or major cuts. I, my editor took out a couple of the pauses and just tightens, tightens it up just a bit. But overall, we just rolled into it and Charlie and I had a nice conversation. Probably going to have him back on in uh, you know a month or a couple months or whenever he has some time. I think he's going to be seeing some awesome results and I may touch base with him before the retail season hits. But basically, this video got more views right off the bat within the first 24, 48 hours. Um, I didn't do any specific marketing. It has been bringing in more subscribers than normal, which is pretty cool. And that is totally surprising. Like I mentioned, I, I didn't do anything specific. This was just an interview with uh, a guy with a cool story and that's all it was. So it is kind of, like I said, going mini viral for a video from from me, from my channel. So if if all of them did this, my channel would be you know 10 times, 100 times bigger. I have a lot of videos out there, something like 1,200, but I encourage you first, if you haven't watched the video, you know, go, go have a look. I'll link it up in the description, the show notes here, and you'll be able to get right to it. If you've already heard the interview, it's no, no big deal. But the, the cool thing with YouTube is there is some discussion going on in the comments where I love the podcast. I obviously put a lot of time and effort into the podcast but it's hard to get the discussion going. I get a lot of sort of one-on-one emails, which is super cool. I enjoy those feedback at Doug.show, but you actually can have some conversation going on on the YouTube side within the community, which is obviously lacking with a podcast. And I don't have a Facebook group because you know it's just not my, my thing personally, just not really interested in it. So check out the uh, the interview over there. And I'll be doing more of the intentional videos where I'm scripting it out. And one sort of inside baseball, if you're into YouTube, there's a guy named Brian G. Johnson. Yeah, Brian G. Johnson. I think he actually lives in Colorado Springs. So I should see about connecting, although he has a much huger channel than me. But I mean, he's into YouTube. Seems like a good dude. And he lives near the mountains, so he can't be that bad. He has a couple dogs he always talks about. Some of his more recent videos, he has been talking about not just, you know, telling people to like or subscribe. He's like, that's, you know, that's what everyone was doing before. He is really emphasizing, at least in the one or two videos that I watched uh, very recently, to get people to watch another one of your videos. YouTube wants more time on the site, they want the visitors, they want the viewers to keep watching videos. It's great if they watch two of yours instead of just the one. So the most recent video that I published about the Google Sandbox and how long it takes to rank, I tried to move fast, I scripted it out, and my main goal is not to get people to subscribe, it's not to get people to even like the video. I just want them to watch the next video. I just want them to watch one more. So I haven't tried that before. And like many things, I suspect it will probably take (laughs) like 50 or 100 tries of me creating a video and then telling people to watch the next one for it to hit. You never know which one's going to work, right? Like this video with Charlie, 
I had no clue. That was just like a run of a run of the mill. I think I prepared for, um, you know, 30 minutes beforehand, Charlie sent me some notes. We had some back and forth, but I mean, this was nothing out of the ordinary. So like I said, it'll probably take me 50 or a hundred videos before it, it clicks. And then maybe one or two of them are going to work. I mean, that's the kind of um, percentage that would be fine. But if just one or two of them do this and continue to bring in traffic and actually rank in search within YouTube, that's fantastic. That's all I needed to do. So pretty cool. And it's, it's fun to experiment and, and test things where there are so many variables outside of my control. There are uh, many different components. I mean, writing a script is essentially copywriting, going through all that exercise with the, the video and making sure the audio is good and all those little details, like slowly these skills are <laughs> kind of coming together, jumping back to the Leadville trip. We checked out Turquoise Lake a couple of times and we also went back at night. There is, this is like in, in sort of the ski area. I think it's in Lake County, Colorado. So folks can look it up. So this is, this is way out there in the mountains. It's a couple hours away from Denver. We went out after dark and checked out stars. Basically we went uh, to check out the stars in the Milky Way. Cause you can see the Milky Way super clearly. It was absolutely amazing. It was so dark. There was no one out there. It's a wisp. I mean, it's so quiet out there. So quiet. I, I know they have some campgrounds around there, but I, I didn't even hear noise coming from the campgrounds. It was so quiet. We're kind of in a, a shoulder season right now after Labor Day. And I took some pictures, which I'll, I, I will probably put over on the YouTube side. It was amazing. Just I haven't busted out this specific lens, which is a um, Sigma 18 to 35 1.8. And it's a great astrophotography lens. So I I took a couple pictures and I was like, man, what what is going on? Like, it's just, it's not picking up anything. I think there's a couple stars, but not many. It should be doing much better than what it is doing. And I realized, of course, I left the lens cap on. So once I took the lens cap off, then it worked much better. And the Milky Way was just so bright. It was fantastic. That night, I believe we could see um, Jupiter and Mars. It was, they were both very bright. So we, we hung out there for, um, I don't know, half an hour, an hour. I'm not sure we weren't really watching time too much until we got cold. We stayed out there until we got cold and then we went back in. But it was fantastic. And the thing is, it was pretty smoky. There's been a lot of wildfires um, here in Colorado. So it was pretty smoky for, you know, weeks and it kind of cleared up a bit. Heading out to the mountains made it a little more clear, but it was still, honestly, it was still kind of hazy and we really didn't think we'd see much. It looked to be the worst day of weather. It was sort of cloudy. Didn't think it was going to work out. And that's the day that we planned to head out to uh, Turquoise Lake to look at the stars. That night, it cleared up and uh, just the haze blew off or something. And it was so much more clear. So anyway, it kind of got me re-interested, reinvigorated with um, astrophotography. So pretty cool stuff. I really, really enjoy it. I do need to thank Ezoic. 
This episode is brought to you in part by Ezoic and their Site Speed Accelerator, which helps your site load faster. It'll work for any kind of website. It doesn't have to be an affiliate site. It doesn't have to be WordPress. So if you have an e-commerce site or some sort of enterprise site and you're listening to this, it'll work for that too. So it utilizes the Cloudflare CDN and caching. So I highly recommend if you do sign up for you know, this service, which there's a free seven day trial, you can check out the version that is not the WordPress plugin. I encourage you to integrate via the DNS settings. It's slightly more technical. It could take a day or so for the DNS to um, propagate through the world servers out there, but you'll end up with a faster implementation and just a, a better way to speed up your site. They do guarantee a score on the Google page speed insight of over 80. So after uh, one week, if you're not in that range, then um, you don't have to pay for it. And you can probably reach out and see what they can do for you. So thanks to Ezoic, much appreciated. I could ramble on a ton more about the, the Leadville trip, but I know not everyone is super interested. But I'm going to tell you one more thing. We hiked um, Mount Sherman, which is a 14er. That means it's over 14,000 feet high. I didn't do the metric conversion, but that's something like, um, well, you you know, you just divide by three, get pretty close. So that'll be something like 4,500 meters, something like that. Someone could email me and, or you, you could just do the conversion yourself. It's pretty high. So 14er. And it was my wife's first 14er. We picked this one because it was sort of on the shorter side. I think uh, they list it as under five miles. So it's quite steep, Um, but you start at 12,000 feet. So there's a couple thousand feet of elevation gain. There's a lot of sort of scrambling and you're kind of going up gravel and, and rocks. It was perfect weather. Uh, It was a little cool in the morning, warmed up a bit. The unfortunate part, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky, but the unfortunate part is the smoke. There was a decent amount of smoke in the area. It didn't smell smoky, but you could see the haze. Typically, you'd be able to see just mountains all around you, all around the horizon, just snow-capped mountains, uh, little snow on the mountains that we were on. And it, it was a great hike. My wife did great. She was a little nervous. I, I was a little nervous too, knowing that there was a, a tiny, I wouldn't call it scrambling, but there was a little bit of like off trail and having to go up a ledge. Again, I have some some video and some pictures, but you're, you're walking up a ridge that has fairly steep drop-offs on both sides, which goes down hundreds of feet. And you're walking on some areas of snow, which is melted. So it becomes icy and slushy and a little bit slick. We brought some, what we call yak tracks, which is a a brand, but basically it's a little like change you could wrap around your shoes so that you can get some grip in the snow. Very fun. We're probably going to do, um, you know, more hiking. I'm not sure if we'll be able to get in any more 14ers before the, the snow hits the mountains this year. But it definitely got us pumped up, and it was quite quite exciting. We were very close to the highest mountain in Colorado, and I guess the highest mountain in the Rocky Mountain Range, which is Mount Elbert, and then the second highest, was, which is Mount Massive. I mean, those were the two mountains that we could see out the window of our uh, VRBO. 
the house that we rented. We found out uh, by talking to a couple of the people that were hiking with us on Mount Sherman, or we passed them. Um, we saw them up there. They said that they just climbed and summited Mount Elbert a couple of days before, and it was actually easier, even though it's the highest mountain. So we we were on a more difficult hike. It was just a little steeper, a little a little harder to hike, but I mean it it was awesome. It was awesome up there. And one of the one of the things, if you haven't done one of these high mountains before, when you get up that high, it's it's windy. It's often super windy. It is uncomfortable. If the sun goes behind the clouds and the wind kicks up, you're freezing. Like we went from wearing you know, two, three layers with a hat and then the sun would come out and within seconds we're sweating. We're trying to peel off layers and get back into a t-shirt. And it was that sort of thing. However, the weather was great. It wasn't too windy. We spent, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes on the summit, had lunch. A lot of times you'll have these sort of little, um, rock shelters where people stack up rocks. So it's like half of an igloo. Basically it's a, a wind, a wind break. So you could sit in a little cubby and have um, some shelter from the wind and, and some of the other elements out there. Anyway, it was great. Good hike really got us pumped up and we will move quickly into the niche website builders Q and a segment. Thanks for the sponsorship and WB. They're the hands-off one-stop shop affiliate marketing agency, and they're affiliate marketers themselves. They were testing out some services, and they realized that they weren't happy with the service that they got and the results. So they they started their own agency. I have been using them. Um, I have a standing order of 20,000 words per month. I've been super happy. They deliver quite well. They're growing a ton and you probably heard of them from other podcasts as well. If you haven't checked them out, I encourage you to do so. I'm going to get into the questions and not um, (laughs) ramble on too much about niche website builders. So this question is from Rory. He says, hi, Doug, I'm all over the place and I'm kind of finding my way with affiliate marketing and niche sites. I am primarily a music producer. I sell beats online, but I want to expand and increase my income altogether. And that's why he started looking into niche sites. He figured whatever skills he learned from making a niche site, he can apply to music production. That was a theory anyway, but I haven't found any affiliate products that align with my music business and are potentially lucrative. So now I'm looking at other niches just to add some additional income, but I'm skeptical by nature. I'm curious what you think about courses that claim to help you make 10,000 per month in with uh, niche sites with no specified time frame. And after reading the specific post, which he left the comment on, which is about Amazon earnings and the comments, Rory says that he is shocked at the low expectations for profits. Now he's skeptical if a monthly profit of 10,000 per month is possible. Is it likely that a combination of different niche sites built over time, say five years, and then you could reach 10K. He continues on. I'm sure the common fear among beginners is the fear of putting so much time in the building and building the site. And after one or two years, you still have nothing to show for it. And that's where I am. I'm kind of paralyzed because I want to use my time wisely. I'm getting older. We all are. We are all getting older. 
and and time is becoming more and more expensive. That's a cool way to look at it too. I mean, that's the realistic way to look at it. Also, I came across the local SEO rank and rent method, which seems much more lucrative for the same amount of work. Have I heard of it? And what are my thoughts? I replied back to Rory. You should be suspicious. It's a crazy world out there in the make money online niche. 10,000 per month is possible and achievable. I can tell you that. I can tell you that for sure. And if you're new to internet marketing, it will probably take you two to three years to learn the ropes and hit that level. If you're experienced, I think you could do it faster. You could probably do it in a year, especially if you have some money to invest in content and outsource certain pieces of the work. Further, I actually talked to someone earlier today and she has experience in digital marketing. She She's not brand new, so she understands a lot of the different components, though she hasn't done any affiliate marketing specifically. She had more experience just in the more general digital marketing area. She has been able to get a site going. She, she purchased a site, okay? So she purchased a site, but it was basically making you know, no money. It was like under $50 per month, give or take. And that was roughly nine months ago. It is currently earning something like 2,500 to 3,000 per month. She added content. It's a reasonable niche. She's actually a, uh, a student in my most recent course. So she is using other affiliate programs aside from Amazon. She makes a little from Amazon, but she makes more from other sources. And the, the course I'm talking about is a multi-profit site, all right? It's a multi-profit site. So it's totally possible. You can sort of shortcut the process a little bit if you have existing skills, especially in either the digital marketing area or if you're a writer or some area where you really can lean on your skills, it will be very helpful. As far as the local SEO rank and rent method, yeah, that can work. It has its own pitfalls. Everything has its own issues. Now, here's the here's the problem. If it's more lucrative for the same amount of work, then you could be displaced by the thousands of other people ready to step on your back and take your place. They also think it's easier to do. And if it actually is, if it's a very low barrier to entry, that means you have a lot more competition as well. So basically, if something is easier or faster or cheaper and anyone can just hop in and do it, then you're probably more susceptible to being overtaken and competition in general. Any of these business models can work. You could do drop shipping. You can start a YouTube channel. You start a podcast. Like fill, fill in the blank. There's like a million things you could do. They will all work. My advice is to pick something and stick to it for a while. Try to find something that you're interested in so you don't jump around. You don't want to lose interest and then go from a niche site over to local SEO and rank and rent. And then you find out that you hate that business model because you have to deal with clients and they're busting your balls. You know, that is a thing that happens when you have clients. So anyway, I want to go back to almost not a throwaway line, but I mentioned that if you're starting from scratch and you're new to internet marketing, it may take you like two to three years to learn the ropes. And I'm leaning on a concept from 
the Tropical MBA, TMBA, the thousand day rule. I've published a couple podcasts, a couple of videos on the topic. I will link up to this um, sort of original post that they had. I, I can't remember. It's been years. It's been years, uh, maybe a, t- a 2015 or, or earlier, but I will link up to it. And the concept is essentially if you have a full-time job, you have some corporate job, you're making decent money and you start your own business, you head into the area of entrepreneurship, it will likely take you a thousand days before you replace your old income. I have talked to many of my peers. I've talked to people that are further ahead of me. I've talked to people who are, um, you know, fo- following, following us up and they are growing their businesses. Oftentimes it takes remarkably close to about three years or a thousand days to hit that mark. I had a conversation with Rob Atkinson, uh, one of the folks that came up with me and we, you know, good friends. And he's been on the show several times. He has observed it with his own business and he's seen it with other people as well. So that's sort of where it comes from. I mean, my own observations and then um, Dan Andrews at the TMBA outlines it really well. And as I am digressing into, you know, just being a, a, I guess a fanboy of TMBA, check out the podcast. Um, There was a recent episode where I left a voicemail. It's a very big show. I mean, check out some of the other guests that have been on there, but I, I left him a voicemail. They said, Hey, you know, we're, we want some voicemails. So I crafted a response. I recorded it, sent it in and it made it on the show. It was so cool. Cause I had, I mean, I listened to that show. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts um, where I listen to every episode. That is one of them. So I didn't actually hear anything from Dan or Ian, which was fine. That was totally fine. But I was listening to the episode and they're like, Doug sent in a voicemail. And um, I was like, oh, holy shit. That's my voicemail. So pretty cool. I will put in the uh, link. You could check out the show. I can't remember where I fall in there, but um, yeah, check it out and give those guys a, a shout. Just say, hey, it was cool that you had had Doug on. It was cool. It was very cool. So anyway, they, they have a lot of great concepts. One of them is the thousand day rule. I believe, I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, my understanding is they're actually uh, writing a book on the topic, which is pretty cool. They have another book that you can actually get for free if you go sign up for their email list. So check it out if you want. And I will hit the last question here. So this one is related to keyword search volume. This specific comment was left by Nick on, I think probably something related to the keyword golden ratio. And he was like, is the volume of 40 searches per month, does that mean that 40 people in the entire US per month search for that keyword? Wouldn't that be very a low priority to write an article on that? I mean, that just seems like a waste of time and I'm embellishing it a little bit, but basically he's like, that's so small. Like what's the, what's the point? So s- someone hopped in, um, Udesha, and I, th- I've gotten a couple emails from Udesha. Uh, he or she, I don't, I'm not sure replied 
and it was a legit reply. So uh, he or she says, Nick, thanks for for the question, but it's not as you think. The search volume is not equal to the potential traffic you're about to get. The metric of search volume is based on the average monthly searches in the past several months or years. By the way, different tools use different algorithms and formulas to figure out and give you that estimated monthly search volume. So when you go for the lower search volume with long tail keywords, then you will often rank for many related and similar keywords that appear throughout your content. So the traffic that you will get is much different than the search volume. It is, you know, kind of a, it's not completely irrelevant, but it doesn't matter as much. So you can go for long tail keyword phrases with search volumes of 40 or less or zero, and it can drive hundreds or thousands of visitors per month. You really don't know until you publish the content. More often than not, I hear from people that target keywords that get a reported zero searches per month, and that is their highest trafficked page, usually getting hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of visitors per month. And that's not an exaggeration. So Udesha continues and says, don't be afraid, don't hesitate to target lower volume, long tail keywords in your article. And if you use long tail keywords in your subtopics, like your H2 or H3 headings and other content, you're often going to rank for a lot of keywords over a period of time that can generate a lot more traffic. And Udesha pointed out a specific article over on Ahrefs. They have a fantastic blog. And if you go check out a specific one that is uh, the keyword traffic estimation, then it can give you a little bit more information. And I will link up to that in the description as well. So those are the couple questions that um, we're going to cover today. And thanks to Niche Website Builders for making this Q&A segment possible. I have been very impressed with the way they can draft the content. This is one of the biggest hangups that I hear from uh, many of the, the people that I coach and many of my students. I'm, I'm the bottleneck. You know, I, I get the content written and then it takes me one, two, three hours just to format that content. So even though I have money to hire writers, I'm afraid to turn over that control and it takes me a long time. Niche website builders will work inside WordPress for you. I have given them uh, author or editor access. I can't remember. That way they can't get into my full dashboard, but they can draft and edit content, which they need to do. They add affiliate links, they add external links, they add images. They format it per my very, I mean, you could imagine <laughs> the kind the kind of details and notes that I give back to these guys and I say well, you know what I don't I don't like I don't like that color you need to change that font color they, they never mess with the font color but the, the fact is I mean I'm very particular about what I want and the reasons that I want it so they have done a great job adapting to the feedback that I've given them and it's been great working with them you can get a discount for the done for you sites, 10% discount, I believe, or, um, ah, shit, no, that's wrong. So you get 10% more content. 
All right, you get 10% more content if you put in a content order. You get 10% more content if you get a done for you site. If you buy a link building package, you get a discount of 10%. Sorry, I cussed in your ad, guys, but I'm not gonna edit it. So this is how we roll with it. So I think that's it for today. I can tell you, we have some kick-ass episodes coming up. More interviews, more interviews with people doing cool things. And definitely check out some of the details in the show notes, some of those links that I I was telling you about. There's some interesting stuff. And of course, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here on my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it. And I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.